It was September 1885, and the French-speaking population was suspicious of the English majority. Distrust ran deep. And when the government made the smallpox vaccine mandatory, a riot broke out in Montreal. They shouted, kill the vaccinators. 2,000 people roaming the streets of the 19th century city objecting to vaccination, the disease called the Red Death. Inoculations voluntary at first until the French Canadians refused. Some varieties of Christians objecting, claiming the smallpox shot was the biblical mark of the beast. Here in the now, COVID, the Delta variant, maybe something undiscovered. Hospitals filling again. In some places, more beds taken than even last winter or summer before a vaccine. Fires continue to burn on the West Coast. Who knows how great this hurricane season will become in weeks ahead. In our world, there will be trouble. Jesus said that. With fires, with disease, storms, Christ is with us. The grace of Jesus Christ is what we need. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called Christ in the Chaos. I really like our title this week. Perhaps it sounds a bit strange, but it's true. When we sing about Emmanuel at Christmas time, we're remembering that God came down to us, to people like you and me. And guess where we live? In a very chaotic world. So as we look at the strife and trouble, and yes, the chaos in our own lives, we can rest assured that Christ is in our chaos. He comes to us. He is God with us. In a moment, we're going to look once again at the wonderful reality of the Incarnation. And note that it is very historical. He didn't just come to Bethlehem and leave us in Jerusalem. By the power of the Spirit, He comes to each one of us who trust in Him today by faith alone. We're also going to be catching up with a pastor in Northern California who lives not far from the town of Greenville that was completely destroyed last week by the Dixie Fire. You know, we still have friends and family that are over there. You're kind of kind of touch base with everybody and see whose house burnt and who's, who's didn't, and uh, most of them did. Randy Robbins will be back with us in a moment to share what he saw in Greenville. It's where he grew up and how the Lord has been using his church to help those in need. After the program, I want to send you something that I believe will quiet your soul before the Lord and help calm the storms in your life. It's called Quietly, and it was created by the musician-producer who gave us scripture lullabies. With Quietly, I feel like we need to just sometimes be still before the Lord and allow Him to speak the words specific to our situation, to what we're going through. And when you talk about what everybody's been going through this last year and a half, um, boy, We have never needed to hear the Lord's voice more than we do right now. And I I really feel like that's what we hear more than anything else is that people just put it on. They're still before the Lord and God speaks to them. God ministers to their soul uh, in just a really powerful way through this music. Just like he did when when Saul called David into to play the harp for him. That was instrumental music. And it was powerful enough to where it, it... the, the evil spirit was released from Saul whenever David would begin to play. Jay Stalker, talking about his instrumental album called Quietly. You can hear some of the music under me right now. 
and we'll play an entire song later on in the program. Then after that, I'd like to send it to you for your gift to help Haven today. Our number to call after the program is 800-654-2836, 865-HAVEN. Or visit our website, listen to some of the samples we have from the album there. And that's where you can also make your gift and ask for Quietly, a piano album by Jay Stalker. Just go to haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now let's open the program today with a song by Rend Collective called Your Name is Power. You're the only answer to the darkness You're the only right among the wrong You're the only hope among the chaos You are the voice that calls me on Louder than every lie My sword in every fight The truth will chase away the night Your name is power over darkness Freedom for the captives Mercy for the broken and the hopeless Your name is faithful in the battle Glory in the struggle Mighty it won't let us down or fail us Your name is power I know that the word will never fail oh, 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 I know that in every situation Yes, I know you speak the power to prevail Louder than every lie My sword in every fight The truth will chase away the night your name is power over darkness, freedom for the captives, mercy for the broken and the hopeless. Your name is faithful in the battle, glory in the struggle. Mighty, it won't let us down or fail us. Your name is power. Scatter darkness, light arrives in heaven, opens. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, the church awakens. We believe the change is coming. Holy Spirit, let us see it. When you speak, you scatter darkness, light arrives in heaven, opens. Holy Spirit. Darkness, freedom for the captives, mercy. 
This is Haven Today. You're in a series that we're calling this week, Christ in the Chaos. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Charles Morris. That was the Wren Collective opening this program. Now let's travel again to Northern California, something we've already done this week. But now let's meet up with Randy Robbins. He's one of the pastors in Susanville, which is just across the mountain from Greenville that totally burned last week in the Dixie Fire. Randy, you grew up there, didn't you? Correct. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in that little town, and um, it's uh, it's heartbreaking looking at what's happening just just over the hill. You know, we still have friends and family that are over there, and you're kind of kind of touch base with everybody and see whose house burnt and whose whose didn't, and uh, most of them did. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's rough. You were telling me a little bit before we uh, went on the program that. Uh, you think probably every house you ever lived in as a child growing up in Greenville is now missing. It's gone then. Correct. Yeah. The, uh, the, you know, we were, we were fairly poor growing up. My dad worked in the sawmills in, in town there and, and close by. And, uh, we moved around a lot looking for a cheaper rent and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, I believe all of, all of those houses have, have burnt. And, uh, you know, you think about just the, uh, the memories and everything that you have, it makes you, my brother made a statement that it kind of makes you loosen your grip a little bit on this world and just mm. the perspective of this eternity comes into, comes into play a whole lot more. You and your uh, denomination that you're part of were already working in paradise, which burned in summers past recently. Uh, but now you're having to turn your attention to closer at home for uh, relief support. Right. Those paradise, the paradise fire was a couple of years ago now. And uh, the, the rebuild effort is obviously still going on over there. It's a long process. And we are, we're just kind of getting involved over there. And we're realizing this is closer to home for us. It's, it's friends and family and neighbors and people that we know. And um, we have a lot of people living here actually that evacuated from paradise that have kind of resettled over here in our area. And we don't want to wait that long with this. And we're, we're really trying to kind of find our place as a church for how we can, how we can be involved. What's happening on the spiritual front. Um, you mentioned your brother is also on the pastoral staff talking about uh, you kind of loosen your grip on this world. Don't you? Yeah. You know, personally, that has really been my, my takeaway. We had, we had a big fire last year on our side of the mountain. I was evacuated for a week and our whole kind of forest burned right around my house. And you realize how much, uh, how much that becomes a, uh, like a priority for you. You know, I spend a lot of time in the woods and we're, you know, kind of an outdoor based community. And, uh, when it's gone, when we don't have that to look at and to think about and to go, you know, spend time in as much, um, it makes you realize that none of it was, ever going to be permanent. It wasn't ever supposed to be permanent, but we put a lot of, a lot of stock in, um, this world. And it makes you really think that maybe that, that wasn't where as much of your, your attention should have gone the whole time, you know? Well, every day this week, Randy, we've been praying for people in your area, people up and down the West coast that are, uh, are taking the brunt of these fires right now, having to leave their homes, some people having lost their homes, some people even dying. I think the best thing we could do right now is ask for you to lead us and all our listeners across North America in prayer. Could you uh, could you lead us in prayer right now then? Sure, sure, yeah. God, we are here locally, God, we're a broken, a broken people. We are 
uh, suffering and we're just faced with so many unknowns, God. And we we know that you are in control. We know that that uh, everything is yours. And and God, we we know that um, that in some ways, in 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 every little aspect of this, will will point to you somehow. And God, we we trust you. We have faith in you, and we we uh, we're still hurting, and we still uh, cry out to you for for mercy for. Um, or some sort of sense of relief from these fires, from from a um, God, from a from a worldly perspective, we just we just beg you to let these things come to an end. But God, we know um, that that we will see your hand, and we we just ask that you would help people who don't know you through this, God, that they would that they would meet you, that they would find you, and we we ask that. As we see these things um, slow down, God, we ask that you would you would let your people rise up and and be a force as we rebuild, and let let your people um, be known, and let it let it be known that that you are at work. And we just ask for for your your hand in that. We ask that you would guide us and, and show us where to be your hands and feet as we come out of these things, God. In Jesus' name, Amen. Randy Robbins at Susanville Community Church. Thank you for joining us here on Haven Today. Thank you. You're listening to Christ in the Chaos here on Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. It was only about 30 years after Jesus rose from the grave, the Christian church was growing and spreading throughout the Roman Empire. And as they spread throughout the world, they had a simple message. Jesus Christ died for our sin, according to the scriptures. He was buried and raised on the third day. He is the Lord of all the earth, and he has commissioned us to go to the ends of the world today with this news, loving our neighbors along the way. It was a liberating message for so many suffering under the oppressive rule of Rome. Christians were known for their love and their self-sacrificial service. And then the great fire of Rome broke out. It burned down two-thirds of the empire's capital city over eight days. In the wake of the devastation, Caesar Nero blamed the Christians. They were subverting society, undermining the values and culture of Rome, he said. As people came to Christ, he said, they were becoming revolutionaries, sowing discord and division. So he made an example out of them in an attempt to crush the church. Hundreds of Christians were burned alive, Christians in the fire. A beautiful picture. Nero meant it as a symbol of what would happen to anyone who tried to contradict his reign. Nero, though, was unable to crush the church of Jesus. And his heinous act only served to show the world what Christians are willing to endure to honor their Savior. As the rest of history has shown us, It was a symbol of what Christians do in response to tragedy. Christians are known to enter the fire and the chaos and to serve their neighbors even at the cost of their own lives. Flash forward a couple of hundred years. A plague was spreading from southern Europe through the Middle East and north through the Mediterranean, the first known pandemic in human history. Its victims would suffer fever to the point of hallucinations and die two days later. It was a terrible disease, but Christians were still there, loving their neighbors, proclaiming the gospel, 
and serving however they could. So many people died, but throughout the faithfulness of those Christians, we know some of them met the Lord and are now with Him in paradise. That's what Christians do. We move toward the pain. We enter the chaos, even if it costs us our lives. Think about the Lord Jesus for a second. He is the eternal Word, the Son of God who was there in the very beginning. He created the world. He watched Adam and Eve fall into sin, and he was there throughout the long years of Egyptian slavery, the exodus, and the exile, only to bring his people back to Israel. He was there. The earth was lost in sin, rebelling against the Lord God. Even the Jewish religious leaders had morphed the law into a laundry list, even adding to it to make sure they appeared holy in front of others. More than that, they had become infatuated with political power and even money. Meanwhile, the Jewish people were being oppressed by the Roman government. Yes, it was a chaotic time, even a very dark time. But what does the Bible tell us? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Instead of leaving us alone and letting us continue to suffer in this tragic world, He came, He entered into this world. I don't think we realize how profound that was. The incarnation, God becoming man, not just a display of power. It was God entering our chaotic history, taking on our sufferings and our sicknesses. It was the Lord getting his hands dirty and serving us, entering our chaos, even at the cost of his own life. Christ came into the world to save sinners. This is what Christians have done ever since the Lord was raised from the dead and then commissioned his disciples to go and preach the gospel to every nation. It wasn't just the fires or the first pandemic in human history. It was the Black Plague. It was selling themselves into slavery. It was standing in the street, reading a Bible in the language of the commoners, knowing full well death would be the consequence. This is the history of Christianity. Yes, Christians have also done some terrible things in the name of Jesus, but there has always been a remnant of faithful followers who understand Christ's call to take up their cross and follow him. It means laying down our individual rights in order to promote and pursue the good and flourishing of our neighbor. We're in the middle of a pandemic right now as the Delta variant continues to spread throughout the world and hospitals in my country are once again over capacity and people are dying in droves. And it's tragic. And too many times I've heard Christian leaders stand up and tell congregations to make sure they cling to their individual rights and preferences. Too many times I've heard people too quick to defend themselves, too quick to defend that they are free and have a right to do or not do whatever they want, even if it puts their neighbors at risk. And to be frank, this is not the way of Jesus. He does not call his followers to live life clinging to their own personal rights. He calls us to lay down our rights for the sake of others. Remember Paul? He had every right to demand the churches to pay him for his preaching ministry, but he laid that right down for the sake of Christ, The apostles had every right to stop preaching the gospel, to stop serving and helping the poor and the sick. They could have saved themselves a lot of hardship if they had, but they didn't. 
They laid down their individual rights, and they loved and served others. And in doing so, they honored their Lord. Isn't that what Christ did on our behalf? He had every right to stay in heaven. Let us perish because of our sin. But he didn't. Philippians 2 tells us that Christ, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He entered our chaos, taking the form of a servant. And if you are a follower of Christ, you call yourself a Christian. This is a word for you and me. Yes, you may have the political or individual right to live how you want, no matter who is potentially harmed, but as a Christian, you're called to a higher way, a better way, the way of humility and service, the way of Jesus. We're called to think about how we can lay down our rights in love for others. That should be our question. How can I deny myself today in order to love those around me? It was Christ's entrance into the world, his life of service, and his death on our behalf that shows us his love. His resurrection shows us that it was worth it. It's with a heart full of faith that we can receive his love and be welcomed into this perfect freedom. A freedom that doesn't say what's in it for me, but instead says, Christ must increase, I must decrease. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. That's Psalm 1611, which was on the mind of Jay Stalker as he wrote this song you just heard called Time Well Spent from his Quietly album. 
This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris with a program called Christ in the Chaos. In this world, we will have troubles. But Jesus reminded his disciples just before the cross that he had overcome the world. And when you listen to this special music by Jay Stalker, and when you read the scriptures he's included with each song, your heart will find hope in the Lord. I've been listening to this album ever since Jay gave it to me back in March, and I can personally say it'll help you in your quiet time with the Lord. Would you call us right now? Would you ask for the album called Quietly, a piano album from the creator of Scripture Lullabies? And for your gift to Haven today, we'll send it out right away. The number to call is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website, listen to samples of all the songs, and download the free PDF with all the scriptures that each song is based upon. And then you can make your gift and ask for quietly at haventoday.org haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Leprosy was a terrifying disease in the ancient world. Today it's curable with antibiotics, but back then there was no hope for a leper. But that didn't stop one from approaching Jesus and crying out, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. His words were more profound than he knew, because not only did Jesus have the authority to heal his disease, Jesus also had the authority to cleanse him from his sins, which is greater by far. And it all began because this man was desperate to draw near to Jesus. And that's where saving faith begins, and where saving faith remains, drawing nearer and closer to Jesus. Anchor Devotional can help you grow in your walk with God. Try it out at GetAnchor.com.